Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, the strong and powerful Travis Hornsby. Travis, are you ready to do this? Let's go for it. Excellent. Let's do this. Travis is a CFA, a former bond trader, and the founder of Student Loan Planner, a company that helps thousands of people successfully manage over $300 million in student debt. I'm excited to have you on. Travis, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Sure. I, I kind of felt like my uh, bond trading career wasn't my calling. <laughs> so, you know, municipal bonds, it's its a great field, but you're kind of helping people that already have a lot of money, hence right. why they're concerned about the marginal tax brackets. And uh, so, took a little bit of time off, realized that there was this huge need for student debt in particular, because I, I met my now wife who had a bunch of med school loans. And, you know, whenever we would be hanging out or going to things with her friends, they, they would kind of bring up that they had the problem too. And at the time, there was really nothing for those people to get a really solid handle on them uh, because, you know, most most advisors, they don't see it often enough where it warrants having a deep specialist level knowledge in it. And um, so I just started helping her and her friends. And I had been blogging for a while and started to focus my efforts on just student loans. And that's when things really kind of took off for me. And now we've had, like you mentioned, over 300 million of uh, student that we, we've consulted on for I think about 1200 clients well that, that that's awesome and I think you're absolutely correct that in order to really do a good job and help somebody with a specialized area particularly student loans and manage them I think you need to be really well versed so I definitely think it's correct and all too often necessity breeds innovation and you with your personal experience of helping your your wife through this process I think that uniquely positions you to help a lot of people so I'd love to kind of start from a global standpoint because it doesn't seem like we've always had this student loan problem, for lack of a better term. So how did this happen? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. So pretty much, you know, I guess you could go all the way back to the, the start of the Higher Education Act in, I think, 1965 that really allowed the, uh, defined the government's role in higher education for the first time. And, you know, prior to that, I think there was a lot of state support for higher education programs. It was pretty uh, affordable to go to any professional degree program that you really wanted to go to. And um, I think that, like a lot of things, getting involved in higher education with uh, with a, a government role in that is, is good for access, but maybe not as good for costs. And so it increased the number of people that could go to all these various programs for sure, um, but it increased the availability of easier credit. And institutions have gradually been taking advantage of that. And in 2006, in particular, something was passed, it was a bipartisan bill, the Grad Plus program, that uncapped any borrowing for any program. And so in other words, you can go to any professional school and borrow up to the cost of attendance. And the cost of attendance can effectively be anything. And so after 2006, you saw a real explosion along with the recession that caused everybody to want to go back to school. So you had this combination of demand with super easy credit uh, that financed it. And now you're getting into the situation where the number of pharmacy schools has doubled in the past 10 years. And, you know, you're seeing the number of dentists has doubled. And, you know, law schools are, you know, that that kind of is already starting to crumble. 
Uh, but but the number of schools and number of programs trying to sign people up for all kinds of degrees and credentials has just exponentially increased. And they're charging anything that they want because they know that people will pay it because they're paying on a percentage of their income. So I think that's how we kind of went from call it, you know, a few billion of student debt to one point five trillion. A few billion to one point one point five trillion. Boom. <laughs> so. All right, good enough. Well, I, I I appreciate that. So here we are now. Now we know that it happened. So walk me through what people can do, or just specifically what your work is focusing on, um, and 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 what people can do to uh, to manage their existing debt if they've already taken it on. Yeah. So if you owe less than fifty thousand, it's usually fairly straightforward. There's some exceptions, but in general, people that owe less than 50000 often the best thing to do is just to pay it back, and that means minimizing your interest expense. So that probably means refinancing with a private lender, trying to get a lower interest rate, doing something along those lines. Uh, there's maybe some exceptions for people that are working as teachers or public servants, but that, in general, is probably the right thing to do. Now, when you go above 50000 you know it, it can kind of be a little bit of a gray area uh, as to what you should do refinancing versus like a loan forgiveness strategy where you can pay based on your income for 20 to 25 years. And then at the end of that, you'll have a a balance left over, which is fully taxable as income. You have to pay taxes on that forgiven balance as if it was a bonus in the year that you hit that 20 to 25 years of credit. And that's one path. And then so it's refinancing this kind of private sector loan forgiveness. And then there's something called the public service loan forgiveness path, which is where you pay 10% of your income for 10 years, and then at the end of those 10 years, any remaining balance is forgiven tax-free if you were working at a qualifying employer during those 10 years. So there's three different paths that you could really go down, You know, refinancing, going for loan forgiveness in the general sense that applies to everyone, and then going for loan forgiveness in the very specific sense as it applies to public servants. And what I've found is that because of the complexities with the loan programs, those three paths are very difficult to figure out and to optimize. And so the average person is making about a $60,000 mistake that we kind of correct with our adjustments that we make in our in our consult service. So we're dealing with a very high debt population. Our, our, our people are all over the place. But I think it's probably relevant to say that our average client has about 280000 of student loan debt. But we've seen anything from 20000 all the way to a million. Your average client has $280,000 of student loan debt. Now, I hear that, and I think that that's mildly shocking. What Do you know what the percentages are of people with less than 50000 people with 100000 to 250, that those, those kinds of numbers? Well, I mean, I, I typically try to steer people with less than 50000 away from using our service, frankly. I mean, I'm, I'm interested in charging for value, and, and if, if an answer is going to be as simple as, hey, go comparison shop all these different banks for the lowest interest rate, I can do that with the simple response of a URL. You know, so that's that's not really something in my mind that I would want to pay, you know, 300 to $600 for, which is what we charge for the student loan consult. Uh, so that's something that I try to not do. Um, so, so, uh, you know, so I guess our, our population there is, is not a ton of people. Um, so maybe, maybe only a few people that would owe less than 50,000 use our consult service specifically. A lot of them will use our website to refinance because we give 
most of the referral bonus back to readers in, in the form of a cash back bonus, kind of like a, opening a travel credit card or something like that. Um, 50, 50 to 100,000, our client list is probably uh, maybe 5% in that category. Uh, there's probably a, a large kind of bell curve, if you will, in that 100K to 250K group. And then there's uh, probably a kind of a long fat tail, if you will, um, of, a, of a lot of people that have these very large balances that just kind of really span the gamut between, you know, 300, 400, 500 and, and up thousand uh, dollars. Got it. And these are obviously very well educated people. Are these are these physicians? They're the, the pharmacists that you were talking about, they're dentists, they're attorneys. What 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 kind of people are these with these yeah. big student loan balances? Well, it's it's it. If if the loans are in your name and they're for your education, then you're probably a professional. Uh, if you have over a hundred thousand in debt, it's very difficult for an undergraduate specifically to rack up more than a hundred thousand dollars because undergraduate student loans are capped pretty aggressively by the federal government. So the borrowing limits aren't there where people can take out an unlimited amount of money. Um, the exception to that though is Parent Plus. So Parent Plus allows you to take out an unlimited amount of money as a parent of a child attending an undergraduate institution. So what I'm actually seeing more and more is seniors that are parents of a 20 or 30 something year old that borrowed for maybe multiple children to go to a, say a private uh, Catholic university, for example, and they might owe 100, 200 or $300,000 to the federal government under the Parent PLUS loan program for their children's education. So it's, it's mostly professionals I would say probably 90% of the clients that we have are the groups that you mentioned, you know, occupational therapists, physical therapists, nurse practitioners, a lot of healthcare professions, um, you know, attorneys. Um, I've even had, I've had air traffic controllers. I've had uh, cantorists for uh, synagogues, <laughs> uh, pastors, um, you know, you kind of use the imagination and, uh, you know, actors, journalists, it's, it's, it's really does span the gamut of, of professions that require some sort of uh, postgraduate training uh, of people that are using our services. But I'd say the, the maybe the parent plus loans is maybe 5%, 5 to 10% of our overall client group of people who are, you know, in their 60s, even facing a six-figure loan burden, staring down at them when they're trying to retire. Which is not a happy place to be. So, all right. So what, what are some pretty common mistakes that, 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 that people will make. So I'll give you one uh, example I just had today. A dentist owed about $300,000 of student debt, and she was making about $120,000 of income. And she was a big Dave Ramsey fan, felt like that she needed to refinance and pay down her loans. So if she refinanced, she would have gotten about a $3,000 a month payment if she had done a 10-year loan term. And that's what most people would tell somebody that, that has that kind of debt to do. But the problem is, based off of her career trajectory, she wasn't going to make a ton of money, as some dentists do in real small rural areas. She was just going to make a solid low six-figure income. And so what what I've figured out was that she could pay about $500 to $1,000 a month based on her income, and then she could save a few hundred dollars a month for the future tax liability that she's going to owe. And if you do the present value analysis on that and you compare the cost of paying back the loans in the traditional sense to the pay-as-you-earn 20-year loan forgiveness path, 
the difference was close to $100,000. So she was convinced that she needed to pay $3,000 a month and take on extra shifts and try to earn all this extra money simply to throw at her debt. And usually people fail at that. Um, you People will maybe make, you know, slightly over interest payments in the early part of their career because they can't really afford uh, to make quite as much payments while they're trying to start a family or buy a house or do all these other things that come up in your 20s, 30s, and 40s. So uh, so refinancing was probably not practical. And so she was thinking that she was trapped. She couldn't have a family. She couldn't buy a house. She couldn't do anything except for pay her debt. And basically, we just showed her if you, hey, if you use these loan rules more effectively and save for retirement, minimize your adjusted gross income, things like this, then you can actually lower your required cash flow, which will allow you to buy a dental practice, and you'll save $100,000. I think she might have almost cried, actually. <laughs> oh, I, but, yeah. Go ahead. But yeah, so I mean, that's that's one example. Um, you know, there's there's others where people are not aware that they could get interest subsidies on the right repayment program, and they're on the wrong one to get interest subsidies, so they're paying a few thousand extra in interest they don't need to be. Uh, another one would be, the public service loan forgiveness program, somebody that's paying their loans back on a, a non-qualifying program to, to work towards that that um, forgiveness, that we show them, hey, this is what you need to switch to, to be enrolled the right way in this program. That could save somebody a six-figure sum. So it's, it's always different, uh, which is one of the reasons why I love doing this. Uh, it's just a lot easier, you know, you know, listeners will, will kind of, uh, uh, agree with me. I think that it's very difficult to get a lot of alpha in any kind of market. Things are very efficient and right. information moves so fast. And, and, you know, when I was a trader, even in something as inefficient as the municipal bond markets, it was still very difficult to get, you know, any kind of alpha for, for the, um, the funds. But in the student loan world, the counterparty is the federal government. And it's extremely easy if you know the rules well to find tons of alpha, if you will, for these people's lives, and that makes it really rewarding. And also speaking in terms of alpha, that the person that you referenced uh, just a second ago, you're saving her tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, and your fee is hundreds of dollars. So that's enormous alpha. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's intentional, um, because I've just decided that we, you know, I want to be known. I want student loan planner to be known as the source of help for people who have more debt than most people's mortgage. Right. And, you know, the idea is to out over deliver and undercharge and grow the business. And so far that's, that's been the path and it's, and it's worked and we're hiring people, um, brought on a couple other people to, to help with the volume of the plans that we're doing and hope to continue doing it. Um, and just providing a very niche specific need, not trying to manage everyone's financial life as a, as a planner to, you know, thousands of people, but just solving a very specific uh, part of their lives. Yeah. Well, no, I think that that's awesome. And I, I appreciate and respect it immensely. Um, back to that, that the, the, the person that you referenced, I mean, somebody that has taken the time to go through a Dave Ramsey course and is committed to paying off debt and, and thinks that, you know, I'm, 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 I'm going to, you know, buckle down and throw $3,000 a month at this thing. That's, that's admirable. And it's, but it's just evidence that, that when you're tackling a, a challenge as tough as this, you really do need specialized knowledge because there's so many ins and outs and details and, 
and things to understand that you'll probably miss if 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 you just try to do it on your own. So that's a it's an awesome yeah. example. And and I'll share something that would be really interesting. I think for your background is is working in four hundred one k plans. So if they're putting three thousand a month towards their student loans, they're not putting that money towards retirement, right? So what what I find is a lot of times people will read things about Roth IRAs or they'll read about just various things for retirement, and so they'll be putting you know two hundred dollars a month away in their Roth IRA, and maybe maybe getting their employer match if they even have one. And what you actually want to do in a lot of cases when you have a lot of student loans where you're going for a forgiveness-based strategy is you want that number that goes to the government that they use to calculate your income-driven payments to be as low as possible, as you know, in a legal way, of course. And so the way you can do that is to lower your adjusted gross income. Well, as you know, the, one of the best ways to reduce your adjusted gross income is to put money into pre-tax retirement accounts. So if somebody's maximizing their 401k, that's $18,500 It's coming off of their adjusted gross income. That's also, if you use the 10% of your, of your income um, payment program, like revised pay-as-you-earn or pay-as-you-earn, that's $1,850 less that they're paying towards um, their student loans. So if someone's going for a loan forgiveness program where it's going to be wiped away tax-free by contributing the max to your 401k, you might be getting almost $2,000 a year in after-tax take-home pay back in your wallet, which is like pretty solid marginal tax savings, right? So say your state and uh, federal tax burden is maybe, I don't know, 27 30%. Well, tack on another 12 to 15% with your student loan, you know, lower payments that you're getting by contributing to the 401k plan. So you could be looking as a student loan borrower at a marginal tax savings of 40 to 50 percent by contributing the maximum to your uh, 401k plan. So that's just another example what where somebody who might have three or four hundred thousand in student loan debt that might be making a hundred thousand dollars, a traditional financial advisor will look at that person and say, well, you know what? I love to help you, but you're screwed, and there's no way that I can possibly help you go refinance to a 20-year, you know, loan term. Uh, with a private bank and come back to me when you have 100000 to invest. That's kind of the, the old school, I think, way of thinking about that. But in reality, that person should be contributing 18500 to a 401k plan and could make a very profitable client. But the problem is is the, the knowledge and the understanding of the complexities of student loans when somebody has that big of a debt burden is just really not out there yet. No, that's a, it's that's that's the way you have to look at it. And so I, I appreciate that. And I think that that makes all the sense in the world. So, well, Travis, Savage Nation is ready for your difference making tip, even though you've already given us a handful of them. What do you have for them? Make your student loan repayment strategy reflect your life, not the uh, other way around. So in other words, I've got so many people that want to take jobs because of loan forgiveness. They want to move to a Native American reservation or they want to work at a qualifying not-for-profit clinic or they're afraid of going part-time or working full-time just based off of what they have to do with their student loans. But in reality, you can always craft a plan to make what you want your life and career to look like take precedence over your student loan debt situation. You just have to make sure you know how, how all the rules to do so. Well, that is great stuff. That definitely gets – come on. Come on. So thank you for that, Travis. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? How can people engage with you? Uh, just visit the site, studentloanplanner.com. That's the, the best place to look at our free student loan calculator, 
our refinancing resources or to use any of the contact buttons uh, on the site at the bottom right-hand corner of the page to reach out and uh, ask us questions. And a lot of the stuff we give away is free. So you could download the free student loan calculator that we use in the consults if you're kind of a do-it-yourselfer just to see what kind of tools are out there. And you can also take uh, the refinancing quiz that we have on there to see whether or not we think that you should refinance your student loans. and Maybe you don't even need to talk to us. Savage Nation, cost is what you pay, value is what you get, and it sounds to me that Travis is offering a ton of value. So if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Travis your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to studentloanplanner.com and look at all the awesome stuff that's on there. I know that I did, and I talked to my wife about it today, and I think that all the questions she had were, were certainly answered. So thank you again, Travis. Thanks, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on!